Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NFL show, episode 26. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Uh, tonight, we've got a full house. We've got Stacey, we've got Alex, and we've got Beck. We say it every week, NFL is crazy. It is delivered once again. Beck, I'm going to throw it straight to you. Who was the most impressive performance from week nine? Oh, man, what a crazy week. How to pick an impressive performance after all of these games. Um, But I am going to give a shout out to the Ravens and the Vikings. Both teams have had three overtime games and the Ravens are just dominating in this overtime. Like, how are they doing it? Like playing a 60 minute game is full on on both sides of the ball. And then to play that extra time multiple times in the season, it has to be exhausting for them. But they're pulling out the win, so they're doing something right. Yeah, I would not want to be playing the Ravens in overtime. They they they're just on cheat mode at the moment. They've got the kicker, they've got Lamar. It's just they're, they're completely unstoppable. Um, yeah, no, that's a good pick. Look for me. I'm going to jump on my soapbox. And I'm going to say the Kansas City Chiefs, but not for the reason that you think. I am well. Well, I'm. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm not too impressed with the Green Bay Packers at the moment. After, as we all know, the Aaron Rodgers situation. Um, I just think that it just epitomizes Aaron Rodgers, you know, in terms of being a narcissist, he, he basically thinks that, you know, this is his world and we're all just living in it. So, you know, the fact that he came out and blatantly lied about the vaccine, just incredibly selfish. It's not about the vaccine and getting into all of that debate. It's about a team sport and um, just incredibly disappointing Aaron Rodgers. So I was very happy to see Kansas City get the win because that that's sort of, I think, a fair punishment for Green Bay. Um, and yeah, we'll be tracking it very closely to see if he is suspended by the league. Um, if not, he's going to come up against Seattle, who will be previewing uh, later. So, yeah, Chiefs for me. Um, Alex, what about yourself? Again, you know, we, we, we do say it every week. NFL is just getting crazier and crazier by the week. But, uh, yeah, who is your tip for this week? I mean, who knew the Colts could ball as well as they did on um, what would be Friday morning football for Australians, Thursday night football for the U.S.? But, um, yeah, they just put up a phenomenal game. But I think what was cool about that game, too, is the Jets' comeback. Like, I think so often we kind of talk about, oh, the Jets are this, the Jets are that. To kind of see them rally from as, I think, what that they were down by, like, more than 20, I think, at one point. And a rattle within, like, probably, like, a, a touchdown and a field goal. And to just, just kind of miss out there, you know, it was good performance on both. But it, the Colts, they were just on a different level that game. Yeah, and it's good to see, you know, Carson Wentz and, and Frank Reich, you know, they just, they, they've just got something special, you know. I, I, I wouldn't like to see Carson play anywhere, anywhere else under any other uh, coach, but certainly uh, it appears to be working there. And good on the Colts for going out and taking a big risk. Uh, Stace, uh, I, I think, I've, I, think I, I know where you're going with this one, and, and this one was, yeah, one, one of the biggest upsets of, of, the entire, of the entire season. Yeah, definitely could be one of the upsets of the entire season. And and it has to be the Jags. So they took on the Bills, the Goliath, uh, and won. I mean, the score score line was very, very short, Uh, you know, a six to nine win. But I think the best thing about it was Josh Allen, linebacker, captain of the Jags, sacked, uh, intercepted, and had a fumble recovery, plus eight tackles on Josh Allen, quarterback for the Bills. So it's the first time. 
the very first time in NFL history that, that these two, that two players with the same name have come up against each other and listening to the commentary was just, you know, Josh Allen, I mean, Jags, Josh Allen, like it was just, they started referencing their middle names and trying to tell them apart. So it was, it was human. It was very humorous. And, uh, you know, the Jags defense is, I, I, you know, you guys all laughed at me when I said that they would come out top of their, of their division. But at the same time, like you could look at this and go, there's a question mark there. Um, but I think the, the Jags defense is, is slowly coming back to their dominance in the 20, from the 20 to 17 season that, you know, they were just so amazing at. So yeah, it was a big, big upset and a good one at that. All right, guys, let's jump into our first segment tonight, the breakdown. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to plan at all. Um, and they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, I'm going to go straight to you on this one because this week on the breakdown, our feature game is the Arizona Cardinals who are coming up against the Carolina Panthers, and there'll be plenty of time to talk about Carolina, but let's spend some time talking about the Arizona Cardinals because, you know, I, I was just, I, I guess the entire world was impressed with what we just saw in terms of their last performance. You take out your starting quarterback, you take out your your, your first receiver, and, and yet they, they didn't miss a beat. Talk us through the Cardinals because uh, they're a special football team right now. They definitely are, and I think, you know, they've only lost one game, and I think it shows, right? It shows in their personnel they have on the, on the field, and it shows in their depth, right? So they can have their star quarterback out. They can have their star two wide receivers out, and the next two kind of step up, and I think that says something for their program as a whole and their coaching as a whole and their kind of that philosophy, whatever it is that they have at Arizona, that, like, it's next man up, right? If one guy goes down, next man up's going to step up, and he's got to do his job, and I think that's what – makes them such a threat right now, right? Because you, t- I think people kind of went, oh, Kyler Murray's out. They lost against Green Bay. They're not going to be able to bounce back. They're not going to have the personnel to do that. And Colt McCoy is not a fabulous quarterback, but he came out and he balled. He, had, he was 22 for 26, 249 yards, and had, one, and had a touch, passing touchdown. Like, the guy did well for being the fill-in and the backup quarterback, and he was still – able to put up numbers so I mean Arizona is looking like the team to beat right now like if you want to look at strengths across the board like offense defense special teams they're working in every aspect as far as a a franchise and a team goes and it's you know it's you know the next man up uh you know culture is really that survive and advance uh mentality and you know they've they've had so much adversity. Like if you look back over this team this year, they've won a game without their head coach because um, he had COVID. You know, they, they were missing Murray. They were missing Hopkins. They were missing so many people. And yet they just survive and advance. And, you know, to Alex's point, you know, it's the next man up, but it doesn't hurt when your next man up is James Connor. So, I mean, you know, they've got stars on all sides of the ball. Yeah, absolutely. And, Beck, we were talking about this uh, off air and, and that was – you know this this head coach they've got. You know Cliff Kingsbury. I think you know he he's you know he's a younger guy. He's uh, he's got all the style in the world. He spells his name incorrectly to be cool. He spells it with a K just to be cool. We saw him on draft night in in the most luxurious uh, you know apartment um, you know condo that you've ever seen. So you know can this guy coach football though? And he certainly can. And I guess Beck, what we were talking about is 
yeah, okay, so he's getting the best out of some of these top-line talents. But to Stacey's point, one of the indications that this guy knows what he's doing at a very high level is he's getting the most out of some of these second-tier players. Talk us through, James Connor, because this guy couldn't run himself out of a out of a brown wet paper bag last year for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then suddenly, you know, he's taking over the league there in Arizona. So, yeah, talk us through some of these fringe players that are dominating under Cliff. Yeah, I think it's really interesting what he's done over there. Like, I don't think we expected him to come out and do this with this team so quickly. Um, but, yeah, like Stay said, it's props to the second strings. Like, the coaching um, that they have over there, not just with Cliff Kingsbury, but everyone around him, there's a great program mm. that they have there that are not just focusing on their first-string players but really emphasising how important it is to be a second-string and a third-string because when your name is called and you need to come up and step up, you need to be ready and you need to be on your A-game. Yeah, and there was such an interesting stat that they mentioned during the game and I, I think they're at 80% now, but at one point, you know, they were the only team that was perfect on fourth down. So that says something about your offense, right? And trusting that decision, right? That's that's trust from your head coach all the way from your OC to your quarterback, whoever that is, right? To whoever is running that play that when they need that fourth down, they're going to go and get it. But to trust your players to know whoever's out there is going to go get it done. And what I do like, and I think this is a great program for Zach Ertz. You know, I think we haven't really talked about him since he's kind of come into to this program. And I think he's being utilized a little bit more. He's that kind of third down go-to guy, at least he was in this past game for, for Arizona. And I think he was very quiet with the Eagles. So I like seeing him kind of come back into his own, like we saw when they were like the Super Bowl Eagle, right? That Zach Ertz we saw during that Super Bowl run for the Eagles. There's like glimpses of that with Arizona. And I think he's kind of found his niche, I guess, within this offense at Arizona. Yeah. And also what I really like what they've done over there is they've slowly built their team up by picking up players like Zach Ertz and having Hopkins as a vet player. Like they've kept their contracts but they've also been able to um, build up the players so that they're not on one-year contracts or like really short-term contracts that they have to constantly re-sign and rework their depth chart and stuff like that because, you know, they didn't plan it well. They have done a really good job building this team and building them up so that they can be successful for a long period of time. And I think too that like the signing of like J.J. Watt and uh, DeAndre Hopkins, like that was kind of like the cherry on top for this team. Like, I feel like you could almost with the way that their, um, their program is structured and the coaching around them, they could put anyone in those positions and they're going to be great players. And so like when you're losing, like when you have a week without JJ Watt and DeAndre Hopkins, like it's not a big deal. And I think that that's, that's the mentality that this team has, um, which makes them so much more different to any other team in the league. Yeah, definitely must be a good uh, team to follow as a fan because you can tell they're in win now mode. And there's nothing better as a fan to follow a team that's in win-now mode where, you know, they're not looking five years down, they're not rebuilding. This is about winning the Super Bowl this year, and that's exactly where Arizona are. And, and a lot of that's got to do with Alex's earlier point around this is a balanced football team. Now, if we flip it over to their competitor uh, coming up against the Carolina Panthers, uh, Alex, I'm, I'm going to throw it straight back at you because you talk about balance with Arizona. This is the complete opposite. I don't think I've seen an offense... Not, it's, not, it's not just the fact that they're, they're playing so poorly at the moment, but actually started not too bad at the start of the season. Look, talk us through the Carolina Panthers because on that offensive side of the ball, I don't think I've seen something this bad in a, in a very, very long time. No, and they've had two weeks where it's just been like just woeful performances. And I, and I, 
With the NFL, there's just no excuse for that, in my personal opinion. I think you're getting paid this amount of money. You're these elite athletes. You should be going out there and putting on a performance. I think what I was kind of disappointed to see in the Panthers, especially this this past week, um, is, you know, they're like, oh, Christian McCaffrey's back. We're good. We're saved. We're done. It's like, okay, guys, but he's been out since week three. Like, you can't just all of a sudden run your offense through him. And I think that was the issue that the Panthers were always going to struggle with this season is that their offense kind of was very reliant on Christian McCaffrey, right? You kind of take him out. Okay, you have to utilize other players because he's not there. But now that he's back, right, he was their top running back as far as carries go. But he was also their top receiver. Like, I don't know, as a wide receiver, if your top two targets are your running backs and not your actual receiver core, I'd be like, well, okay, you don't need me. Bye. Like, I'll just go sit myself on the bench if you're just going to keep these two guys out on the field. But they need more in their offense. They're just like, well, Christian McCaffrey's back. Off we go. It's like, well, do you want him for the season or do you want him out in another two weeks time? Yeah, I think we talked about this with another team a few weeks ago about how um, offenses are designed around specific players. And I think this is a bit of a downfall for the Panthers because, you know, running backs don't have a long... um, Shelf life, yeah. Yeah, that's it. They don't have a long shelf. They don't play for long. Like maximum, I think the average is three years for a running back. So how can you plan an offense that you want to be successful for a long period of time around a position and a player who's not even going to be there. I mean, it's a little bit different when it is a quarterback because quarterbacks do play a little bit longer, but the Panthers are doing it all wrong over there. I think they need to find someone else to plan their offense around that isn't going to be injured and is going to stick around for a bit longer. And I think too, like, you know, Sam Darnold's performance over the last couple of weeks, I don't necessarily think it's been his fault right? Like, you know, he was, he was really good at USC, um, but he just hasn't been meant, I mean, he was at the Jets and we know how the Jets are and now he's here and it's like, he's had no one to mentor him. He hasn't had a system that values him. Um, But at the same time, like he's, he's also getting towards that age where it's almost getting too late to almost fix, fix the things you need to fix. You know, he's been left unattended, left in the grass to grow tall um before mowing it it's a really weird analogy but you know he's just been sat there and and he hasn't had anyone to kind of fix up his mechanics um you know work over his read so he's just been stuck in a bad situation on bad situation and he's just getting worse like he's got um he's had thrown two touchdowns to eight interceptions and had 11 sacks and and just again their o-line is ranked third worst in the entire NFL. So, I mean, one, you can't expect to fix an offense with a running back when you've got no O-line that's going to be creating any space for him. And you can't have a good quarterback, again, when you've got no O-line that's protecting him. So it's like, you know, what are they doing over there? But it's hard too, right, when you look at the Panthers, look at Sam Donald, as you mentioned, yes, he was very good at USC. But, you know, it's like we look at Kyler Murray and we go, he's a dual threat quarterback right? Or we look at the likes of Kirk Cousins or Tom Brady and you go, they're pocket passers. You look at Sam Donald and you go, I don't really know what you are. I don't know if you're a pocket passer. I don't know if you're mobile because he just, he doesn't lend himself to either of those options. So I think when you have a pocket collapse like the Panthers do because their O-line's not great, in fact, it's horrendous at certain points in the game, you know, he's not moving his feet. 
So he's not rolling out. So he doesn't have that aspect of it. And then he just kind of makes poor decisions. So it's hard when you've got a quarterback that's like that. Your backup's not any better, right? It's just, they've just, they just need an overhaul, I think. And I don't think it's Sam, as I'm, as Stacey mentioned, I don't think it's Sam Donald's fault, but I just don't think he's been in a system where he's been able to learn. And I think he's been thrown kind of in two dumpster fires and expected to fix stuff that he can't really fix. Yeah, that's right, and, and he's only got half a season to save his career, um, so it's going to be really interesting to watch. And I, I think one of the things that was a little bit interesting with Carolina too is they went early on that contract, uh, taking up that extra year. So I think they regret that. Um, you know, they kind of married someone after a first date, which is never advisable there. Anyway, guys, I think I know where we're all heading with our predictions. Can I get some nods? Are we seeing a, a clean sweep here with the Cardinals? Getting the job done against Carolina, that is a yes. All right, excellent. All right, well, let's move through now to our next feature game, uh, which is the Las Vegas Raiders coming up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I think there is not enough. Uh, there are not enough ep- episodes on the Mojo Sports Network to uh, unpack uh, these two franchises at the moment, but let's do our best. Alex, you know, I, I guess we, we do have to start with the Raiders and we do have to talk about some of their off-field stuff because at what point does... It all just continue to build and just com- completely collapse the season because you know it, they're, they're starting to build uh, you know an unbelievable list of incidents off the field and unfortunately it, it does appear to be to be taking its toll um, now on the field. Yeah, I think you know if I was the Raiders front office, I'd be taking every single member, taking their phones, taking their like keys, taking everything, sticking them in a room. They're busting to and from practice, like they wouldn't be allowed to do anything, right? They'd have a curfew. They'd have like if I was Raiders front office, I'd be like, everybody stays together, keep your head down, do nothing. Because at the end of the day, right, you can kind of get past kind of head coaching stuff because you've got OCs and defensive coordinators and all that that you still deal with day in and day out. So you can kind of deal with that. But I think as soon as you start involving players and issues with players off the field, it, it does extend into the practice, right? Because you're missing a player, especially if it's a key player or a player that you're dependent on. Right. Or, or, or a player that, you know, you, you trust to go out and make a catch. You know, I think eventually this stuff it just it, it weighs you down and it just kind of goes, you go, well, you know, like the rest of us are trying. So what's the point? Right. The rest of us are doing what we're supposed to be doing. We're showing up to training. We're behaving. We're doing this, you know, and I think eventually, especially when it's one thing after the other, I think if it's one, you can kind of go, okay, that's an isolated incident. We'll leave it where it is. But now that they've had like two kind of off off field incidences, I think it's it's a hard one to ignore when it makes a lot of noise. And when you're in press conferences, it's all people want to talk Alex, about. I, I've, got, I've, got, I've got three. I've got three. I've got uh, the John Gruden situation. We've got Damon Arnett, who's come out and played around with guns. He's got himself into troubles. And then the, the devastating, you know, situation with Henry Ruggs, you know, in terms of, you know, what, what's happened with that situation. But it's, uh, no, it, it's chaos. And Beck, I, I want to I throw to you because... I feel like I want to completely just clean out the place when it comes to Raiders because there is something rotten in terms of this team's culture. But I I do feel for their quarterback, Derek Carr, because if there was a nicest guy award in the competition, it would be Derek Carr. And he's having a career. Yes, he had a bad performance on the weekend. I get that. But it's going to be very, very difficult for the Raiders to kind of turn this culture around because I can't see them letting go of their quarterback. What's your thoughts on this situation? 
Yeah, you do have to start feeling really sorry for Derek Carr because, like you said, he's such a nice guy. He was having a great start to this season. I mean, the Raiders were having a great start to the season. And then all of these things happening outside of football that, like, are completely out of their control. Like, Derek Carr can't control what's happening with his head coach. He can't control what his receivers are doing. Like, he is doing his best and playing his best, and he's just got no support around him. I mean, he must feel like this team is crumbling. Like, how do you keep playing? How do you keep wanting to show up and train and practice when the team is imploding around you? Like, you have to have some sort of special heart and dedication for this game to continue going out every week and playing as hard as he does. Completely agree. And, you know, Dan, you mentioned, you know, the situation there with, with how these incidents just keep compounding to a point where it's gonna, I mean, we're almost at that point now. I feel like this implosion is definitely coming for the Raiders, but I mean, like their owner, Mark Davis, like, have you seen the dude's haircut? Like anyone who has a haircut like that should not it's should not be in, in the public. It's, like, it's, it's, it's really, yeah. It, it, I, I wouldn't say it haunts my dreams, but it's certainly at that level. And uh, as a billionaire, no no excuses there. And uh, But, look, the crazy thing is they're equal first in the AFC West. So I just, yeah, um, good luck to our Raiders fans out there as they battle through yet another um, crazy and wild uh, season. And, and they're not uh, devoid of talent. They do have some uh, talented players there with Josh Jacobs, the, the running back. Darren Waller, he's in a funk. You know, he's not himself. Um Hunter Renfro, there's a couple of players on defense that are really balling out. Denzel Perryman, outstanding player, um, second in tackles across the league. And Max Crosby, you know, he's an absolute guy. But guys, let's, and we don't have to spend a lot of time on this one because, you know, it, it is the Kansas City Chiefs that they're coming up against. This is a big AFC West rivalry, Raven, uh, sorry, Raiders versus Chiefs. This is a big contest. But again, we say it week after week, we're dealing with a different Chiefs franchise this week. Beck, going to throw it to you. Statistically, Mahomes, he's still the guy. But you're, you're, you're shaking your head. Uh, they're, they're, there's, again, there's something wrong with this football team as well on offense. Yeah, he just, I mean, the stats are showing that he's still a top quarterback. So it's so unusual in terms of passing yards. Rushing yards, maybe not as much as he has been in the past, but he just doesn't look like himself. He doesn't look comfortable. He doesn't look happy. He's hesitating on decisions. Like this is not the Patrick Mahomes that we've been watching the last few years. Like what it, I Nothing has changed over there, but so I don't understand what is going on. Why is he looking so bad? Yeah, I think you know, interesting stat. You know, it just like his his passes under pressure, right? He had eight quarterback pressures, sacked on nineteen blitzes, and he was forty two point one you know completion rate out of the like out of the pocket when he was pressured. Like that's not the Mahomes that we know. Like he used to excel and relish anytime a kind of a rush defense would come anywhere near him, right? That was his kind of bread and butter. And, and I think, Stace, we've kind of talked about this before, like, you know, when you – it takes a while to learn how to defend that kind of movement out of the pocket, right? But eventually teams are going to pick that up. So when that's your bread and butter, when you're like, well, I'm the best at kind of moving out of the pocket and throwing the ball and running it down the field, as soon as that goes out the window, what does he have? You know, because he, he has an okay arm, but he's not, he's never been that sit in the pocket and pass. Like the one saving grace for the Chiefs right now is Butker, right? If you don't, have, like he is the offense right now for the Chiefs because he's been the one putting up the points. Like in that loss where they only scored three points, he was the one that scored the three points, you know, and, and Green Bay out threw them and outran them. So I just, it's not the Chiefs that we know. And it's making me sad. It's making me sad. 
um, what I was going to say is like, it's, it's actually been coaching that's got them through the last couple of games. Like in terms of strategy, they won against the Packers because they blitzed the hell out of a rookie quarterback. Like the pressure just got to him, you know, and I think, you know, obviously it was his, you know, first proper full game and he got his first career touchdown in Jordan Love. But I mean, and as a strategy on offense, what they're doing is they're just holding the ball. They're maintaining uh, time of possession just to, just to run out the clock. Like, and, and that's a coaching strategy that you kind of go to when your cards are kind of limited at the moment. So, I mean, no. props to the coaches on that one. Yeah, no, I agree. This is a bad football team. This, this, this is a bad football team. They don't do anything well, and I just cannot believe that I'm saying that with the Kansas City Chiefs because they have a couple of, a handful of, um, some of the game's best players, but you know, if, if that was if that was all it all it took to win a Super Bowl in the NFL, I, I think people would be would be onto that pretty quickly. So, look, they need to find some answers. I think one of the things with Patrick Mahomes is that he has had some horrific plays in the past, you know, despite all of his brilliance, but he did not turn the ball over, and and that's something that you know he's compounding bad errors outside of the pocket with turning over the football, and and that's just putting a lot of pressure on his team. His defense is horrific, as we've spoken about. It's been a little bit better in the last last few weeks, but you, know, you keep turning the ball over, you're going to apply a lot of pressure there. All right, guys, let's go around the grounds. Good luck trying to tip this one. Uh, Beck, I'm going to throw it to you. Um, yeah, good luck, my friend, Raiders or Chiefs. Man, I don't even know. So, like, honestly, I'm just going to go with my heart and I'm going with Raiders because I feel like they need a win. They need a boost over there at that team. I have a soft spot for them. They've been kind of like my number two team since I've followed football. So I'm just hoping with my heart that Raiders win this one because they really need it. Yeah, look, I've got a close friend that's uh, that's a Raiders supporter. So I want to say the Raiders, but I'm going to go the Chiefs because I want to see them in the playoffs. I want to see Patrick Mahomes in some of those big games because if nothing else, it's going to be... Well, it's going to be something. So I'm going to say the Chiefs, but with absolutely no confidence whatsoever. Alex, what about yourself? Yeah, I'm going to go back on this one. I'm going to go with the Raiders. I just don't think – I think the Raiders have a better um, rush defense um, than, than the Chiefs do. I think they have a better defense than the Chiefs do, to be honest with you. And I just think, again, like Beck mentioned, I think the Raiders just need something. They need a little glimpse of light, and I think a win against the Chiefs could be what they need to kind of – flip that switch and, and and tell the guys that everything's going to be okay and they can still go out and play some good football. And Stacey, you've been yeah, well sneakily brilliant at, at your at your tipping this year. So uh, give it to us. Who's going to win this game? I'm on the same page as, as uh, Alex and Beck. I think if the Raiders want to rescue their season, this is the game that they have to do it in. You know, this is where Derek Carr steps up and sits everyone down and goes, hey, guys, let's just play football and I mean the rumors are that they could potentially pick up OBJ I mean if that happens like this might be their game and and maybe OBJ could do something spectacular so I'm going the Raiders on this one all right guys let's jump into our final segment for tonight rapid fire and we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things what you need to know tonight your apologies to Matt Damon we ran out of time for him tonight we'll get him on the air again soon oh my boss is singing closing time maybe that's what you're doing yeah and this week on rapid fire we're going to continue to work our way through the remaining games and Alex you've got our first batch of games take it away do Dolphins Ravens I mean Dolphins I, I feel like they put on like a once in a blue moon performance this past week. So I wouldn't chalk it down to anything special to 
be perfectly honest with you. Um, plus, they're coming up against the Ravens. My only concern would be that that safety into Sean Elliott, torn bicep and pec muscle from the past week. So he's going to be out. But again, like we said with the running back game, the Ravens seem to have like a depth of players that they can just pull out on there and they're still successful. Plus, I mean, this is a team that you don't want to be down with Lamar Jackson on your team. So however way this goes, I see the Ravens pulling this one out as a win against the Dolphins. Titans, Saints. This is my upset. I'm going to pick Saints for this one. And mostly just because the Titans are just so inconsistent, right? Their defense put up a good showing, but the defense has been lackluster before. And then they put up a good showing, they're lackluster again. And it's like it ebbs and flows, right? Their offense is good, then it's bad. Their defense is good, then it's bad. So I just think the Saints are coming off a very close loss. Um, I think they're kind of finding their rhythm with their players there. And I think there's just too much kind of up and down of the Titans for me and for my liking. So I'm going to go Saints upset the Titans. Jets, Bills. I mean, the way that both these teams played this week, you could go either way with this one, really. Um, But I think the Bills would be a little bit embarrassed with how they played this past week against the Jaguars. So, And the Jets, they're struggling and they're just injury prone right now so i just see the bills coming back and kind of you know take taking a clean sweep with that one against the jets yeah absolutely and speaking of embarrassing performances i'm going to go through my games here and i've got the cowboys coming up against atlanta falcons and that that cowboys performance was unbelievable you talk about a football team that didn't do anything didn't do anything well that was the dallas football team they were awful uh in defense are awful in offense and you know, given given the fact that, you know, that was Dak's return game, you know, we expect more from Dak, we expect more from the Cowboys. So that was that was embarrassing. So they will they will come out and they'll win this game. The Atlanta Falcons, they they're starting to slowly improve. You know, Arthur Smith, you know, I've got some wraps on him and you can start to see um, some improvement in that football team, but they're devoid of talent. Um, you know, compared to Dallas Cowboys, it's a non contest. So um, Dallas should win that one and win that one well. Uh, moving through now to my least favorite team in the competition right now, the Green Bay Packers. They're coming up against the Seattle Seahawks, and I take great pleasure in picking the Seattle Seahawks as my underdog tip of the week. Let's hope that this uh, Green Bay slide of form continues as a bit of a punishment, as we spoke about earlier with the Aaron Rodgers situation. However, if Jordan Love plays, then all bets are off. I'm, I'm back on there. But um, no, look, uh, you know, Russell Wilson, he's got a season to save. So hopefully uh, this team can, uh, yeah, can sort of bounce back. And, you know, the, the, the Seahawks, we, we, we like a competitive team there in Seattle, and they have been for quite a few seasons. So let's see them turn it around this week against Green Bay. And to finish things off, we've got the LA Chargers coming up against the Minnesota Vikings now. The LA Chargers, they come out and were all guns blazing at the start of the season. There were a few people that were saying that Justin Herbert was the best player in the competition at the moment. Well, you know, the NFL, it's slowly grinding, it's slowly wearing on this team. They've lost a few games, they grinded out a win. Things are looking a little bit more difficult for the LA Chargers. Uh, they, they are starting to fall back into the pack. Still a good football team, but definitely uh, having some challenges. And the Minnesota Vikings, uh, good luck trying to figure out this football team. This is, again, another very inconsistent team uh, that really does struggle to deliver. Again, that has got Kirk Cousins written all over it. Um, Again, a little bit disappointed. I say it every week in Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. Those guys have yet to really put in those elite performances we've seen in past seasons. So for that alone, I'm going with LA Chargers to win that one. Uh, Stacey, take us us through the next round and the next batch of uh, games. Yeah, my, uh, my first game is the Steelers versus the Lions. Um, I mean, the Lions are coming off a bye, uh, but they're still, they're not great. They're not great at all. Um, and I feel like Big Ben kind of has a point to prove this this season and for the rest of the season. So I don't think they're going to be going down without a fight. Um, so I'm going to take the Steelers for this one. Um, Colts-Jags. 
This is going to be my underdog. I'm doing it. We're doing it for the Jags. Um, I mean, they've just got, they've got momentum now, a tiny, tiny little bit of momentum. Maybe it can roll. I mean, we've, we've, we've said that, you know, the Colts are inconsistent as well, despite being amazing in their game against the Jets this week, which uh, was one for the ages in terms of uh, their offensive line and things like that. But I still, I mean, I have to pick an underdog and I'm going to take the Jags because I've, I've said that the entire, this entire podcast. Um, and the next, my last game is Washington versus the Bucks. Um, the Bucks are fresh off a bye, but uh, they went into the bye with a loss. Um, so I feel like they've kind of, I mean, they're six and two, but this actually kind of feels like an important game for the Bucs, um, you know, for, I think just for momentum's sake, uh, for Tom Brady's sake, to prove that he can, you know, still command the offense. So I'm taking the Bucs on this one. Yeah, that's right. And, and Tom Brady, he, he's been doing a lot of coaching during that bye period. You know, he, he was probably in the special teams uh, room. He was probably in the defensive room. Uh, he will definitely have them ready to go. All right, Beck, uh, finish us off there with the, the remaining games for week 10. All right, last three games I got starting with the Patriots and the Browns. This is an interesting one. The Browns are surprising me. Like I know that we've talked about how good um, they can be and the potential that they have, but they're kind of like stepping up to the plate and playing pretty well these last few weeks, beating some teams we didn't expect them to beat and having really close games. But in saying that, the Patriots, I feel like, have also started to step up their game and they're also starting to show you know, Mac Jones is starting to show what he can do and starting to kind of take control and lead this offense and take them under his wing a little bit and lead them and say, I got you guys. So I feel like this is going to be my underdog tip of the week. And I'm picking the Patriots over the Browns just because I really am liking what Mac Jones is doing at the moment. I mean, props to the head coach over there. He, you know, I mean, he's a pretty great guy. So can't underrate the effect that he has on this quarterback. But I think um, this team is starting to find their steps in the league. And then the next game I have is the Broncos versus Eagles. I mean, both teams are kind of so inconsistent. Like I started the season thinking Broncos went great and then they've, you know, kind of proven me wrong a little bit the last few weeks. Teddy Bridgewater stepping up and making some plays. And then the Eagles, I mean, they have so much potential over there. They do, but I just don't think this year is their year. I think they need a little bit more time to settle in and mesh together as an offense and a defense. So I'm picking the Broncos for that one. And the last game I have is the 49ers and the Rams. Um, Division rivals, I don't like either of these teams. So picking one to win kind of just isn't fun for me. I don't want to pick either. Um, Rams coming off a pretty hard loss against the Titans this week. I think they're going to come out with a vengeance and then especially against a division rival in the 49ers who are looking not so consistent. They've had a few injuries. They've had a bit of a rough patch. They're coming out of a bye the last couple of weeks and had a couple of those injured players come back to help them look a little bit better, but I just don't think they're going to be good enough to beat the Rams. So I'm picking the Rams in that one. All right, guys. Well, that's all the time we have. Just want to thank my amazing panel, always bringing the heat as we talk all things NFL. And to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please download the podcast, share with family and friends. And until next week, we'll see you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. 
The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.